This is the Agape Project, from the Office of Campus Ministry at Bellarmine University. Welcome to the Agape Project. Here, we take a moment to listen to stories told by members of the Bellarmine community to learn about their worldview, spiritual practices, and their calling and purpose as they are recognized in their lives. To learn more about the Agape Project, we invite you to listen to the introductory episode of our podcast. Agape is a Greek word for the highest form of love, one that embraces universal, selfless, and unconditional care. Some find agape love in God's love for humankind, others in the selfless love of total strangers. We invite you to listen for examples of agape love in action in this next story. Let's enter the conversation. by just telling me a bit about your worldview, sort of how you were raised into how you practice your worldview now. Yeah, so um, I feel like a lot of times explaining my family can be quite complicated, but uh, I was raised, unfortunately, with a really hands-off approach. My parents weren't really present, and they still aren't, just to keep it surface level. Um, so that said, I did have a lot of liberty in like picking and feeling called to my worldviews, which of course, as with everyone, it really formed when I got older. I always had an overall really um, like all in this together, like we should, we all need to take care of each other, everyone's interconnected um, ideal ever since I was little because the part, the people that were present in my life growing up are my grandparents. And my grandparents are my everything. To know me is to know that I love my grandparents. And they overall um, practice a lot of Native American faith. My family is very much Native American and that is a very integral part to my coming to be, like how Carrie became Carrie, because it was quite the journey um, for me to accept who I am, especially in the face of just everything in the world and especially you know with all the children who were recently found, it's it's always really hard um, being a native and being so connected. Like, so I don't wanna say disconnected because I actually consider myself like very, very connected with my faith and with my culture. It's just, I live in a modern world. I live in a world where I'm not surrounded by other native people 24 seven. And I'm not surrounded by other people who are like, oh yes, great spirit and stuff like that. So it can be really um, isolating at times. And that's why it took me so long to really get close with that part of me. Um, growing up, I also, nature was definitely it. Nature was everything and it still is. And I'm really lucky to even though I have this very nurturing spirit and I'm gonna be a nurse and I'm still devoutly connected to nature and seek it everywhere I go like every day I'll make time to go outside and that's something that I've always done like be outside journaling or reading or just you know staring at a space picnicking alone or with friends all the time such a big part of my identity you know we've talked about it like being granola but like actually not just granola for the aesthetic we granola for the lifestyle um but yeah and my there's a lot of like parts of my faith like I do kind of want to keep you know just more quiet just because it feels it's not for any reason other than it just I don't know how necessarily to talk about it you know mm -hmm. but growing up and practicing what's called Native American spirituality in my opinion and this could just be a me thing and that's totally fine but I don't really like when people call me spiritual I don't kind of makes me mad 
because I feel like I understand, you know, why religion is categorized as it is because it's a belief system with this physical part to it. There's the church, there's meeting people, there's this, what's it called? Community with it. So I understand. Whereas at the end of the day, like I, you know, talk to trees, <laughs> but I actually, I really consider myself religious. Like I would say I'm really religious actually. And the belief system with native spirituality is very, it's all about, like I said, we like the interconnectedness and the balance and this extreme respect for all life. Like, that's why even if I don't agree with something, I really don't put people down because I just, I'm completely, I can't mm -hmm. and I won't. Uh, I feel like I kind of jumped around there a lot, mm -hmm. but this is also something I really don't talk about a lot just for no reason other than like, it's not like a daily conversation you'd have with someone. So I'm kind of struggling to, you know, put into words. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, I, thank you so much for sharing. Um, and I especially loved hearing how religious you are because like as a devoutly religious person myself, like even though we share very different faiths, it's so inspiring to talk to another devoutly religious person and to like see, you know, the devotion and the connection that we both have to faith. Um, I am curious if you are like, you talked about, you know, you're not always surrounded by other Native people, and it can feel very isolating, and we're obviously at a Catholic university. Um, there aren't many other Native people, um, and I don't know if there's any other... Cherokee, right? Yeah. I don't know if there's another person who practices specifically, like, Cherokee spirituality or religion. Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of, what's that like? What made you come to Bellarmine? I get that all the time. <laughs> I get that all the time, especially, like, when I talk about, like, oh, yeah, like, this is how I feel. And, like, it's not Bellarmine making me feel that way. Like, I knew what I was getting into. But, you know, that was five years ago. Like, I'm pushing 23. And, um, yeah, five years ago is when I came to Bellarmine. But I actually made the choice way before I was even developed into a human being. Yes. So, the story that, and I've talked about this with, like, Natasha Began. Like, I love telling the story because I think it's extremely important. So like I'm a I'm a first gen student, and I grew up around a lot of poverty as many Native mm -hmm. kids do, and just as many people do. And um, college was, it was never something I thought I'd be able to do, in terms of like financially, like kids quote unquote kids like me don't go to college. And my my freshman year of high school, I had two friends who had passed away in eighth grade. So freshman year, I moved to Kentucky, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I was dealing with the trauma of moving which is a lot for young kids. I don't know if you ever moved a lot, but it is scary. And then on top of that, I was coping in my own 14-year-old way with death. So that said, I was not doing too well academically my freshman year, which I think is more than understandable. But to my former stepdad, it was not. And he was a very um, bad catalyst in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, especially if we're going to talk about my faith like that really he really like kept that quiet and pushed it down he really I'm not trying to say this in any bad way but he did really force Christianity onto I and my mother and I have no animosity for religion myself personally I believe that everything is real and everything is valid I love hearing other people's you know even if it's a different god I'm like heck yeah so proud of you I love hearing all these beautiful things right but he said um that I would like never even get my GED stuff like that because I was failing um and this conversation occurred while we were in a car and we were on Dixie Highway like in the, like the more northern Kentucky part of it mm -hmm. and at the time this was like before Bellarmine had a lot of their big campaigns and stuff like they had that really good PR it was just like 
a picture of like a lacrosse player or a knight or something, but there was a Bellarmine billboard. And in that moment, I was like, I'm going to go to that school. I don't care. Like I very much, I was very called to Bellarmine. Like I believe in that same thing, like, you know, like being called to do things yeah. and your convictions and everything. And I knew then that I was going to go to Bellarmine. It was just a hunch. And I was like, okay. So I went with it. Um, the following year, my sophomore year, I got letters from Bellarmine, you know, like when they start advertising and stuff. But to me, I was like, oh, it's a letter from Bellarmine. Like, I, they know. Um, and then I continued, like, being close with Bellarmine and stuff. And I was able to get in without having to do, pay any kind of, like, what's it called, application fee. I didn't have to do an essay. And then senior year comes, and I'm like, I'm really, I'm in. I'm working really hard in my senior year of high school, right? Like I actually made it to a bunch of AP classes and I actually passed the top of my class and stuff, which numbers are not everything, but for 14 year old me in that mindset, that was my goal. And that's something I'll always be proud of that I was able to do. And that's how I ended up at Bellarmine. Um, I just I just went with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I actually didn't realize that Bellarmine was a Catholic institution, let alone a religious institution, till, till, um, till orientation. And that was like, whoa, okay. And it was all presented in a beautiful way. I really don't remember. It was five years ago. But um, I also remember being scared too because, like, I I'm gay. And I was like, oh, oh, what did I get myself into? <laughs> like, eh! um, But I just trusted myself. And I kept going, and here we are. And clearly, like, Bellarmine, to me, is a lot more accepting because like, I mean, I'm really active in campus ministry. Like I go to Gethsemane with people and stuff. Like I, when we go on our retreats there, I, I love it. So it doesn't feel awkward at all. Like I've been to mass before and just sat and observed and appreciated with everyone. Um, I love going to vigils on campus. And really I feel like at the end of the day, we're all just worshiping and appreciating God just a big holistic view however you see that whoever they are to you and to me like there's a couple of gods to me and mm -hmm. I think that everyone we're all just worshiping our gods and it's all very um, we all really come together with a um, with a common goal and with a common a common like part of our faith because like a lot of time a lot of religions like preach like many of the same thing like every religion has like their golden rule yeah for example like they all have that and stuff so I don't really feel too bad about it Sometimes I do. I feel like if I do feel bad about it, it's more of, um, more on the race aspect than it is the um, the religious aspect. Yeah. Um, you had said that like every religion has their golden rule. What do you think is the golden rule that you practice? Very much balance and respect for all parts of nature. I in my senior IDC right now. I'm actually in any, any ecology IDC. It's called reading the book of nature. Definitely like take it if you're able to your senior year. It's incredible. Like I'm literally two days into it and I'm already all about it. <laughs> and part one of the assignments that we have to do is an observation, which is something like I said, I do all the time. I'm always outside and always just looking at everything. And I remember writing in that observation and I'm sure my professor was having a time reading mine because it's very spiritual in essence, of course. I remember writing everything here is an extension of me and I am of it. Like every branch, every cricket, we're all so connected and we all, and we have to treat life with respect as such. Now, how that looks can be different for everybody. I'm um, like, I've like, like I'm, I try to be really sustainable. Um, that's really hard to do because and that's a whole fight for a whole other day. But I feel like a lot of sustainability is very, very classist. Yeah. 
Um, and I hate that. <laughs> yes. So in the ways that are accessible to you, be sustainable. But if you can't afford all these sustainable gadgets and like a healthy vegan diet and all this stuff, that's fine. That is okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So for me, it's like just loving every single little thing. Yeah. Yeah. And person and just every big thing. And yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, today in theology class, we were talking about um, Quakerism and how one of the core beliefs of Quakers is that everyone has a divine light, which is like this essence of God in them. Can you speak to any of that, like the idea of like the divine in others or like seeing, I don't know. Personally, I do see divine in others every day, all the time. Um, especially when it's hard, it's kind of like the idea of like, oh, seeing the good in people and stuff in a healthy way, of course, not like in yeah. other ways. But I absolutely think that everyone does have um, divinity, if that's a word, um, mm -hmm. divineness in them. Um, we all may have different um, ways that we see that, different ways that we define that, but I think that we all really, really do. And what that is essentially is just our capability to help each other and love and make our mark on this planet while we're here and our ability to contribute to society and to make it better because like we're really lucky being like you know zillennials here like we we're a generation that's really making a lot of change and i think that us being able to look at each other and see that and learn from the hate of the past is really like what seeing divine and everyone is about um regardless of like where the person is from what they've been through anything like that so kind of circling back to maybe talking about i don't know how i want to describe it but like talking about faith what i personally do not know a whole lot about Cherokee faith or belief or spirituality. Um, so can you expand on that? Like maybe what your favorite practices are, what you think um, is something really beneficial to you, anything like that. Like I would love to know more. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'd love to more, know more too. That's kind of the tricky part yeah. um, as well, uh, um, being from like an unorganized faith. I mean, it is, but also isn't. Um, and you kind of just take it with stride. My favorite practice, um, definitely the Cherokee morning song. And that is, I taught y'all that. And that was so fun. Um, I remember, and I didn't go, and I still am not like super public with my faith just cause like, um, I guess I just don't really like want to be, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't really know. But there's really no reason, but um, that was my first time like really being like, all right, this is what I practice or at least a part of what I practice. Um, and that was really hard because I remember hearing a Cherokee morning song my freshman year and it was here and it was on alt break and I went to Cherokee Nation and did some conservation work and they're like we're gonna sing the Cherokee morning song and I was like no way like I remember just like being in tears and just standing there and singing it because that was my first time like feeling seen and also like when I first came to Bellarmine I also like was not and this didn't have anything to do with Bellarmine it was just like the place I was in my life I like felt like I had to like almost pick a different religion. And I was under a lot of pressure from some under individuals. But that all said, when I heard the Cherokee Morning Song my freshman year, I was like, okay, things are good. And I'm gonna share this with other people because this is something that I've had my whole life. This is something that is back and it's here for a reason. Um, and I'm experiencing this here in Cherokee Nation with all these wonderful people for a reason. So I'm gonna give it to people one day when I'm ready. And I did, because it translates to, it is coming, it is coming, it is good, it is good. Yes, yes, yes. And that can mean so many things. Like, I don't even sing that in the morning. I sing that all the time. Mm -hmm. um, or hum it, you know. Um, 
I wish I knew more of the language. That is something that I'm actively working on. And then I get, I get, dude, I do get discouraged because like there's not going to be a lot of a chance to speak said language because it is considered dead. But like I still want to learn it. Yeah. And like, like we just talked about, like part of being in this generation is that we're changing things. And like us natives now, like our children are going to have more, um, more tradition because especially with the powers of social media and TikTok and everything, we are seeing a big revival. In indigenous faith and we're seeing a lot of people indigenize and colonize spaces i can actually give you like if you want to um i can give you some like instagram um accounts that are like about that and have beautiful photography and talk about that a lot um so my favorite practice is definitely the songs and the dances um if i didn't have endometriosis i would definitely do some kind of powwow dance for sure probably the jingle the jingle dress the jingle dress is really fun um I love being from a culture that is so music oriented yeah. because like the drums, the drums are always going to represent the heart. Every song you hear, the drums are the heart and that's just really cool. And, um, I can give you like some more songs too, but like the Cherokee welcome song, the Cherokee, the, yeah, the Cherokee morning song, the Cherokee welcome song is super duper fun. And I love the Cherokee welcome song. It's, it's a lot faster. It's really, really fun. And it's all about like that interconnectedness because it's like welcome and it's like brother and sister and everyone. And another thing I love about Native American faith is um, the concept of two-spirit and how LGBTQ plus, um, I don't even want to say LGBTQ plus friend friendly. Like, it's not just that. Like, it truly recognizes and loves and worships LGBTQ plus individuals. And that's just incredible to come from a place like that. And I know that is a privilege because not many people do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I want to share that yeah. with people. Um, be like, hey, it's okay. Come here. I got you, baby. You know? <laughs> and with this concept of, you know, being quote unquote a hippie and spirituality and things like that, um, Native American faith is really, really pulled into that. You see a lot of, um, we could go down the road of cultural appropriation and stuff, but we're not going to do that for the sake of this now. Um, a lot of people really learn a lot from it. And that's what I love about being in this faith. And I see you know, I wouldn't want to see a non-native person doing a powwow dance yeah. or like having or having different regalia and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I do just love seeing the appreciation of it. Um, the biggest part of just native faith is song and dance. Yeah. And that's not saying that I'm always singing and dancing in my room. I mean, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but just listening to it and just like knowing the words, it really all is prayer. And I think that prayer can come in so many ways across all religions I feel like not enough people really take a minute to like appreciate that like prayer doesn't just have to be on your knees or in church like it can be it can be many many things and your worshiping can be many things like I know my little sister a lot of her connection to the divine is through her art my sister is like the best artist like I wish people knew about her art. I wish she was like some big like super duper social media famous artist because she really is that incredible and she does want my friends to follow her so if you wanna i'll give you her stuff um but for example that now i'm not really a super talented person but i guess my way is just through nature um and also just my work like nursing is a very big part of my identity but i think there's this very scientific nitty-gritty part of nursing that i love that not many people talk about and to me like that's prayer too like that's spreading Mm -hmm. the word that's giving the best and most divine part of myself honestly to other people because that is like really what I was born to do can you please spark um when you mentioned like nursing you mentioned that you love the like the science and nitty-gritty and that's something like 
you know, most nurses I hear, they talk about like, oh, really personal care and mm-hmm. all of that. And it's, and something else I find so interesting is you mentioned this in a conversation about faith, that you love the science aspect of that. Yeah. So can you please like expand maybe like on either the connection between the two or just like solely like what you love about like the science of nursing and how that is your calling? Like, I would love to hear more about that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I hate, I'm really going to sound like Carrie when I say this, but I feel like everything is in balance. I'm very much a Libra. Um, and to me, I think that I guess my truth is, um, is a balance between science and religion, science and the divine science and magic, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, of course I love the personal care. Like I'm really, yeah, people can I really connect with me. That. Uh-huh. But, I never doubted that. Oh, yes. I'm like, I actually like, um, got to do some nursing care of kids today and it was like, I walked away and I was like, uh-oh, oh, like, you know, like when you walk, when you do something and you're like, oh, that's what I was meant to do. Mm-hmm. That was it. But I truly love the science because I feel like, so when you first go into nursing school, you're taught that nursing is a science and an art. Science is where love, sorry, pardon me. Nursing is where love and science meet. And that's what I love about nursing. But I feel like a lot of times people forget the science and I'm not saying put the science above a person. Oh no. But I just think being able Having this gift, if you, like, are truly, truly gonna, like, be a nurse and, like, it's what you're meant to do. Being able to take all this huge, like, not crazy, like, scientific fact base with all these big, scary words and cells and disease processes. Being able to take all this scary scientific stuff and take care of a person with it and help that person understand what is happening to them, about them, and why and what we're doing. And being, basically, you're humanizing science. Yes. I think is the best way I can put it. Being able to make sense out of stuff that does not make sense um, and save someone's life with it. And yeah, I love um, the con, it's like the nursing model is different from like the medical model because it's like very holistic and it's looking like first we're gonna assess the patient. We're going to talk to the patient. We're going to look at the patient wholly and holistically. What is their faith? What is, you know, mm-hmm. what is their lifestyle like? Regardless of the problem, that's how I like to do it. I love talking to my patients about just, like, certain things in their life. I, a lot of patients definitely talk to me about their grandkids, and I love that. I love hearing just anything about a person. And also being able to be like, okay, like, here's what's happening inside of this person's, say, kidney right now. And here is how I can explain it to this person. Um, and make them feel safe and loved and in my care because I do love my patients. Um, and it has been very, very hard. Uh, I'm a nurse aide right now and it's been really hard in the pandemic. Um, it has been a trying time for sure, but it, I mean, beautiful things have come of it. I guess like I've seen, I mean, of course, like I've seen recovery. Mm -hmm. I have seen people like win the battle against COVID. I've seen a lot of beautiful examples of faith. I've prayed with so many people and it's just, it's a big honor, I think, to be able to be a nurse. And especially in this time, like seeing the divine in people, you can truly see that in nursing. And I think that it's, I, I can grab the fact, okay, I believe that the world is faith and science and I'm bringing that faith and science and I'm putting it in nursing and I'm bringing in this entire world of faith and love and science and healthcare and humility and just being a person and seeing people in the scariest times of their lives, seeing kids in scary times. 
and knowing that I have been the last person that some people have seen. I'm only, I'm only 22 years old. That is, it's heavy, but also I was put on this earth to do that. Like my God was like, okay, I'm going to make her and this is what she's going to do. And I think that all of our gods, like they all really, really put time and work into making us. And then it's just, when are they going to put us out here? I hope that answers some of your questions. No. I love it. I also love um, all of our gods, you know, really put the time and effort into making us. And when are you, they going to put us out there? Um, it reminds me of a quote from, from maybe the Psalms, somewhere in the Hebrew scriptures. It's like before you... Before you were born, I or no, before you were in your mother's womb, I knit you, I knew you. I've heard that. Something like that. I quote a lot, but I misquote a lot in these chats. No, but I know what you're paraphrasing. I'm. I know yes. what you're talking about. It's like, it's like how God like you. knew us and loved us before we even came to mm-hmm. be, and like they had a plan for us in their head, and they created us. Holy, like, I'll never forget, there was this one time, um, and I won't say what it was about, but I was having this very personal conversation with Laura, and at the end of it, she told me, you are perfectly and wonderfully made, and that is something that, like, I will remember for the rest of my life. I was a sophomore, and it was, that was actually a religious turning point in my life, um, and when Laura said that to me, I was like, yeah, okay, (laughs) yes. So, yeah, I, I really think that there is a purpose to the existence of each and every one of us and it's all something we were supposed to do and when things get hard like that's what I think about like I was here for I'm here for a reason and who knows what's gonna happen you know to any of us but that's like really what I follow for sure just every day you're constantly surrounded by interfaith work mm-hmm and you mentioned that the conversation with Laura is something that was a religious turning point for you. So I just want to know, um, how is your interfaith interactions or your um, kind of like the interactions you have with people either at Bellarmine or, or wherever, how has that shaped your faith? And you say it was a religious turning point for you. And I just want to highlight the fact that it wasn't you didn't convert to her religion. You became more stable in your own. Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, I just, I would love to hear more about that. And I, I, I just think it's beautiful for people to have these interfaith conversations and then become more devout in their own faith. Like, I, I just want to hear more about it because I love hearing about it. Yeah. That um, took a very dark time in my life and turned it into a very bright time. At the time, I was um, take I was giving the presidency of Hillel to Avery, who's a student who's no longer here, um, and they graduated. And I was doing that because I was like, well, I know that I led Hillel well, but I'm not Jewish, and I think that they they need someone who is to be the president and to you know, give the representation to continue. And that was when I went to Laura's and I was like, hi. So I kind of got like mixed up in this thing and I really don't know what I'm doing. And I feel very, very like, this is something I really don't like talking about because it, it's a lot, it's very, it almost feels like shameful to me, but I, I do try to give myself grace with it. Like I was really young and I really hadn't become carried yet at all. Like I had just switched to nursing from my former program. I 
I, there was a lot of factors against me at that time that I didn't really realize. Um, and I went to Laura's office and I was like, all right, here's what's happening. Because I, um, this doesn't feel right anymore. And I'm sorry, but what can I do? And how can we go about this together? And also, I was like, Laura, like, I'm totally lost in my religion right now. Like, I don't even have one right now. Obviously, I've never been atheist. I've always been, at the very least, agnostic throughout my entire journey. But I just, I felt so broken and so, so small. And Laura said, well, it's going to take time. Just like with everyone. No matter what faith you are, it takes so much time to really solidify where do I stand in this faith? Like, where do I stand as a Catholic? Where do I stand as someone of Islam, of Judaism? Um, And... At the end, she said, you're perfectly and wonderfully made. And I remember that resonated with me so much because I felt like I was making mistake after mistake and that I was lying and that I was really lost and I didn't have my people and my people weren't my people. And, you know, people who weren't my people I thought were my people and they weren't. And just, it was a really hard time. And being able to have that humility and be like, all right, I'm in a situation right now where it is not for me and for the greater good of myself and for this wonderful group of people i need to you know pass the hat and in doing that a couple years later this is where i am now and it's really beautiful just personally to know that i am living my fullest truth like especially this past summer i really really think that right now last year too but we're like right now i am the most genuine authentic Carrie I could ever be like right now and I thinking of what Laura said to me and remembering it you know three years later and being like yeah like she was right like I became Carrie after that like it very much felt like I was shedding a coat like shedding some layers off like a snake or something and I was I became me and I dress the way I want to now and I act the way I want to and I live every day Mostly the way I want to. I mean, I'd like to be a little bit less stressed, but we are in college. Uh, uh, But I mean, hey, it's okay. We make do with what we have. And now I'm like, you know, Laura, I think like you were right because I actually love myself. Like three years from now, when I look back on who I am right now, I'm not going to have any bad feelings. And this is something that a friend of mine who is not in my life as much anymore, but I have a very, very big place in my heart for her still said, she said, we shouldn't hate who we were at any point in our lives because that's who we had to be to survive that time. And three years ago, when I was in that office with Laura, that was who I had to be to survive that time in my life. And I forgive myself for that entire year and a half that was just a really not so good time. And also tying some science into this, our neural pathways in our brain change with trauma with time etc with healing they change which is why when we look back at decisions that we made no matter how big or small you know if it's something you regret think of that when we think back on those decisions and we're like how the heck did i did this make sense to me how did this how how was this acceptable to me or how did how did all this come to be in my head i just don't understand like how i could have made that decision because i absolutely wouldn't now and that's because you have completely rewired your brain that entire part of you has changed like truly both be on a spiritual level and actually on a scientific level and as long as you keep this like this truth in my opinion um 
that you are made exactly the way you're meant to be, then you will continue living each day to be, being your optimal self. I feel like in today's society, we're always taught that there's some kind of goal we have to achieve. And like, we always have to be searching for something. We're never gonna be happy if we do that. Today I was at the gym actually for my first time in about three months. And when I was there, I was kind of thinking and I was, ha I was kind of reflecting, you know, as one does when one's in the gym. And I was like, why am I doing this right now? Why am I here? Because I really wanna make sure I keep a really healthy mindset whenever I'm in the gym. And I thought, it's not, you know, to look better. It's not um, to look cool in front of all these like dudes. I mean, they're cute, but like, oh well. <laughs> it's, um, it's because I want to feel good. And I want to feel, you know, all those neurotransmitters doing their job in my body. I want to be able to move and I, want I want tomorrow Carrie to feel better mm -hmm. and tomorrow Carrie being 24 hours from now and even years from now because healthy lifestyle choices and all that um and that said like I'm not in there because I think that I'm ugly or something like that like I'm accepting who I am in this moment right now in every possible way and everything that I do do um is only to take care of myself because we are really all we have not saying that we're alone but yeah at the end of the day like you are the most responsible for you mm -hmm. and i really feel like that all of that combined is like what laura's sentiment gave me and i don't know if she, i don't think she knows exactly how important that was for me <laughs> and how like important it still is like i can actually like see her face saying it to me and i can still see like the smile that she had and um i want people to know if nothing else with regards to native americans that we are still here yeah. we are very much still here and we are doing great incredible things and we want to be seen very much so and we have made ourselves seen in multiple ways and at the end of the day we all just want to live harmoniously with each other and I hope that, I know this will never happen, but I do just hope that like there is at some point a world where in which we all are harmonious and love each other and take care of each other. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, the biggest advice I can ever give to someone is stay gold and stay true to who you are and take care of yourself. I'm kind of saying everything my grandpa says to me right now, actually, wow. So I guess those are my ending remarks. Um, and self-love is the most important thing you could possibly do. I just want to say that. What an amazing story. Did you catch any examples of agape love in action? What resonated with you in the story shared today? What would our world look like if in every interaction we had, we allowed agape love to lead us. How will you show someone agape love today? Here at Bellarmine, we are a community of many faiths and no faiths, and campus ministry provides support and accompaniment to all as they embark on their individual spiritual journeys. If you would like to share your own story and possibly be featured in a future episode, please visit the Agape Project online at bit.ly forward slashing the Agape Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Agape Project. Tune in again next week for more stories. Have a great week.